Yo, what up, what up? Top of the top, episode 162 of Stash House Podcast. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. This week's topic, some new music. Alice Isley for all my R&B heads. Also a recap of WrestleMania 38 over the weekend. So sit back, relax, enjoy episode 162 of Stash House Podcast. Let's get it. Yo, what up, what up? Episode 162 of Stash House Podcast. Your boy Tyler checking in. First time listeners. Thank y'all for tuning in. If you tune in weekly, salute. And just an episode. Saw some things I'm talking about. You want to hear what I got to say about them. Salute to you as well. Like, share, subscribe, retweets. Whatever you do to help support the podcast. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Thank y'all. Hope everyone had a safe week. Safe weekend. Continue to do the same. Keep hustling. Stay prayed up. All that good stuff. To start this week off, new music in the R&B world. Alex Isley, an artist I've been paying attention to for about two years now. I think I discovered her really during the pandemic. Her name is Alex Isley. Great, great, great talent. But her and a guy named Jack Dine. Jack Dine, I'm guessing, is the producer, if I'm not mistaken. So... They've been having records throughout the throughout the past couple of years, man. And she's the type of artist where when I discovered her, I heard one song. And I was like, oh, let me go listen to a project. And they had an EP. They had an EP that dropped in 2019 called Wilton. About eight songs. Oh, five songs, my bad. Five songs in there. So 2019 when that came out. So I was like, okay. Got a little good background. Two records I would highly suggest y'all listen to from Alex Isley called Good and Plenty. Featuring Masego, and the re- the other record is called Gone with Alice Ashley and Jack Dine. Two records. When I heard them, I was like, "Yo, we need. I need a project from her." But she's not the type to go on Instagram and say, "Yo, new music coming soon. I'm in the studio." She's not posting snippets or nothing like that. So whenever she pop out with new music, cause she's been releasing tracks here and there, but y'all know I went to the album or the project drop. And if she does drop music, it's like a two week notice. Like within these next two weeks, a song about a song or a couple songs about to drop. She's not gonna promote nothing for um, a month. You know what I'm saying? So I like that. And the way she did this album, the album's called Marigold. The way she did this album that I really really like, and it goes back to my argument I had a couple weeks ago on the podcast. Whenever I said it about music, this whole new music Friday, I get it sales wise. That's the the uh, labels and everything now, but Alice Isley, I believe she's independent. She was like, yo, my project dropping on a Wednesday. You know what I'm saying? Midnight went, Midnight Wednesday is available. So, no. Yeah, it was Midnight Wednesday. It was available. So, me being a fan, I like just coming home from work, chilling, going on her Instagram or see her on my Instagram feed saying, y'all check out my new album, Mary Go. I'm like, oh yeah, she did drop on a Wednesday. You know what I'm saying? Everybody, opinions ain't everywhere on the timeline. So it's like, and it's that good R&B. It's that good, good R&B. Like I said, the Good and Plenty song and the Gone record. If you just want a quick preview before you check out the project. But this whole project, man, is like great, great R&B. Such a thing. The intro is hard. We in April right now. So I'll go on the limb and say it. Definitely in the R&B world, this album is probably the the uh, the standard if I'm being in, like, you know, who else dropping this year, whether it's Snow, uh, Summer Walker, Bryson Tiller, Black, Joyce Rice, R&R, it don't matter. R&B world, 
uh, this Alice Isley Marigold Project and the Lucky Day Candy Drip Project are the standards in the R&B world for this year, in my opinion. This Alice Isley Project, though, probably my standard for albums, period, this year. Like, this is an R&B album that I can put up eventually when a, a project where I feel like I can hold it up as my favorite album of the year in the rap world. This Alice Isley would do the same in the R&B world. So, it's like, it's a tough, tough competition, man, for anybody to overthrow this project. I've been listening to it since it dropped last week, man. It made it through the wake-ups, the commutes, the late nights. Like, you know, just made it. You know what I'm saying? From front to bottom, front to, front to back. From song one, it's nine songs. Not even 30 minutes, about 29 minutes long. Nine records, man. Alice Isley, Jack Dine, Marigold. Yeah, this is the standard for me, man. The R&B world and just albums, period. Like I said, she don't do the heavy promotions. Like, if you know, you know. If you Like I said, I caught up with her on uh, during quarantine. That's how I got up on her. Just searching new music. Peak quarantine, too. And then she dropped that Good and Plenty with Masego. That was July of 2020. So, when I heard that Good and Plenty, that's when I was like, okay, I'm ready for a project from her. Like, that Good and Plenty record with Masego, that's, that's a great, great record, man. But, like I said, this album, man, such a thing. Too bad I forgot. Uh, without Still Wonder with Robert Glasper, man. Like, she got records on this project. And it's been in my rotation all week. So, make sure you guys check that out. Alice Isley, Jack Dine, Marigold. Also, a new music I saw. I did not get to the Dreamville project. Dreamville dropped, I believe it's called D-Day. Against the Grills with DJ Drama. Shout out to DJ Drama, too. Uh, him and Tyler Crater won a Grammy last night. And this project... This Gangsta Grills project, Dreamville, dropped just in time over the weekend. They had their Dreamville Festival. I saw clips. I saw they were streaming on Twitch, if I'm not mistaken. So, I've been seeing clips here and there. Like I said, DJ Drummer had his Gangsta Grill set with Jeezy, T.I., and Wayne. Larry June was there. Of course, the whole Dreamville. Uh, Lil Baby. So, shout out to Cole, man. Like I said, I did not check the project out yet. I did see the track list. I like that they had, uh, they had Nudie on there, Young Nudie. But outside of that, they had a couple more features, but it wasn't as feature-based as the Revenge of the Dreamers 3. Even though I did enjoy that project, one uh, big gripe I did have with it, that was a lot of features that probably took away from the Dreamville artists. You know, outside of Cole, the ones everybody know, Cole, J.I.D., Ari Lennox, it was mostly the Dreamville artists. Like I said, there was some features here and there, but it was basically Dreamville artists, and I did it like to see that and when i check it out that's something i will be enjoying just like see who really stand out who stepped their game up definitely waiting on the ari lennis project definitely waiting on jid project so we'll see about dreamville but shout out to dreamville that concert everything seemed to go smooth and uh yeah that's the new music man that i got on my radar the dreamville d-day gangsta grills project and like I just said, man, Alice Isley, Jack Dine, Marigold, that's been in rotation for me since it dropped last week. So make sure you guys check those out. Yo, new week, new playlist, Stash House playlist number 57 is now available. Make sure you guys check it out.
Over the weekend, it took place, the granddaddy of them all, WrestleMania 38, took place in Dallas, Texas. First off, man, I do got to salute the WWE, man, from everything from the Hall of Fame ceremony, NXT event, both WrestleMania nights, Saturday and Sunday night. I got to salute them, man. Exceeded my expectations. I came on last week in the episode, just gave y'all a quick rundown of predictions I had. I still feel the same in terms of, you know, matches that were put in place, um, matches that could have not happened on WrestleMania weekend, could have been just one Saturday night, because both Saturday and Sunday, if I'm not mistaken, Saturday started at 8, ended around midnight Saturday, Sunday started at 8, ended probably around 11.45, something like that, so both nights probably averaged about four hours worth of content. So that's like eight hours of WrestleMania content. But all in all, man, no matter how I felt about the uh, the match cards, the storylines, the matches delivered. And as a wrestling fan, that's all we can ask for. And this time, this day and age, everything's leaked. Information is being put out. Who's going to show up? Who's going to interfere in the match? So much information is out there. The fact that these athletes can go in the ring and put on a great contest. You know what I'm saying? Saturday kind of had more to prove, in my opinion, than Sunday. I'm going to give y'all a quick run through of the matches and the highlights. But my total opinion, Saturday had more to live up to than Sunday because, for one, it's the first night. Um, everybody kind of skeptical about the card on Saturday. These filler matches, these celebrities' involvement, uh, the storylines of certain matches. So, going into Saturday, I think Saturday had a lot to prove. And I think they set the stage for Sunday Sunday to eventually do what it did. But overall, man, for Saturday night one, Sunday uh, day two, I enjoyed all of them. Both had their high points and low points, in my opinion. But if I'm just going from bell to bell, match, match purposes, watching the matches, overall, I got to salute them. Two thumbs up. You won't hear a negative review to me about from me about the matches. Probably only one match I could really say, even though we got it, we didn't need it, and that was the tag team match, uh, Kofi and Sheamus them, because they got cut Saturday. I guess time time restraints had them cut, and then Sunday match didn't take too long. So I get it, but at the same time, I figured they could have put on put on a pre show. That, that's definitely a pre show match. So. That's the only one I could have really dealt without after seeing the match. But let's get to it, man. Night one, Saturday. Uh, like I said, every match was great. I think the highlight was probably the Becky Lynch-Bianca match. And I said it last, uh, last week. I'm sorry, not last year. Last week. That storyline-wise, that's probably the one I was most invested in because it's like an eight-month period from like, I want to say SummerSlam was like, what, July, August to now in April. So they had a great build for it. Bianca got the title. Uh, a lot of a lot of black love, man, black women and uh, empowerment going on in WWE and in wrestling in general too, man. So I got to salute all the black women, women in every organization, wrestling organization, holding the title and not even holding the title, just grinding it out. But definitely salute, salute the ones that's holding the title. Bianca Belair, Naomi, Sasha Banks, Jade Cargill, and AEW. So, and plenty, plenty more in the independence and uh, TNA and all that good stuff, too. But overall, man, Bianca and Becky, they put on a great match. Now, what I want to see is where where do the 
the women go now. Like, I would love to see Charlotte and Bianca. That's what I really want to see when it comes to the women division. I want to see Bianca versus uh, Charlotte. Two different shows, SmackDown Raw, make it happen, though. You made Brock Roman happen, make Bianca and Charlotte happen. Uh, Seth Rollins, my boy Seth Rollins, everybody knew it. We were just waiting. I didn't like how they led up to it. Uh, Cody Rhodes jumping ship. I talked about it months ago. Jumping ship to WWE from AEW. I think they could have. Cody, I don't know like when he signed the contract and all that, but I felt like a video package or something could have happened on Raw or something. Like We know Cody is showing up. I guess the whole, the elegance of his entrance, he didn't want to, you know, tainted with having a video package but i felt like it could have just led up better with it just you know we already knew what was happening but either way it was a great moment to see technically he was coming back to uh wwe but of course he had his stint his run in AEW in the independent scene so just hearing that music that you heard on AEW. A couple months ago, the same type of entrance and everything, and just seeing that at WrestleMania was kind of wild to see. It's like, okay, this is fresh. This is his same theme music, his same theme, his same gimmick, all that. So that was dope to see. But with Cody now, he beat Seth Rollins at uh, Mania. It was a great match. Uh, me and Zoe, me and my boy Zoe, we were watching. I was telling him, I was like, for Cody, it's going to be a lot different now. Without working with these guys, like I, I like AEW. I enjoy what they do. It's very entertaining, but the spotness, like the setup of the moves and all that, it happens a lot of times. They call them spots, and just seeing that with Seth Rollins is not a spot fest with Seth Rollins. You know what I'm saying? So to see Cody have to adjust to that, that was cool to see as a person that watches wrestling and knows this is two totally different styles. You know what I'm saying? So. That was dope to see. But he got the victory. What I'm thinking in my mind with the undisputed title, they're saying we're going to hear more about Roman's injury, who I'm going to talk about later tonight or later on this week. So hopefully that no, that's nothing serious. It will be a bad time for him to have to drop the belts because of injury. But I think he's all right. But, I mean, like I said, the world of wrestling now with things getting leaked and that, all that, just go with the just go with the safe bet of I guess building Cody to SummerSlam, maybe. Charlotte Flair beat Ronda Rousey. I was glad to see that. And like I said, man, I just want to see Bianca Belair versus Charlotte some way, somehow. The KO show, man, featuring Stone Cold. I want to apologize to Stone Cold, man. My favorite of all time. After nineteen years, I thought it was about to be a segment. Kevin Owens, man, did his best in uh, hyping the matchup within the past few weeks. Him and Stone Cold, man, they had a, a great brawl, I'll call it. Stone Cold took some bumps, some great bumps. Kevin Owens living out his childhood dream in the ring with his uh, mentor, his uh, role model when it comes to wrestling and everything, Stone Cold. To be able to do uh, Stone Cold Stunner on him, I guess that was, I know that was a surreal moment. All in all, I really enjoyed Stone Cold segment on Kevin Owens. I, I gotta remember, like I had no expect. It was like a lot. Saturday had a lot to prove, and like they had great matches. The Mysterios and Logan, Logan Paul and the Miz. That was a great match. The Usos, of course, with Nakamura. It was some great matches, man. But all in all, Saturday 
it set the tone for Sunday. Sunday, I was like, okay, I, I feel more comfortable. We had <laughs> probably maybe easily the most fun match I've seen in a while, man. Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville from Jackass. It reminded me of an old 2000, 2001 hardcore match with Raven, uh, Steve Blackman. Like, it was like one of those. Salute to Johnny Knoxville, too. He was taking bumps. That's the thing, like the people that everybody was questioning, well, can they take bumps? Can they do this? Can they do that? Stone Cold, the Paul brother, Johnny Knoxville, Pat McAfee, they all showed up, man. You know what I'm saying? So I got to salute Johnny Knoxville. And Nostalgia, man, they brought the Jackass crew in, the old school Jackass crew. For the longest, they were showing like Jasper, who be with Tyler, the creator. They were showing like new guys and... Last night, man, we saw the party man, the dude from Wild Boys with Steve O. Wee Man was in the building. So that was dope to see Wee Man showed out. He body slammed Sami Zayn. And Sami Zayn, only Sami Zayn could have pulled that match off, man. With his character, his gimmick he has going on, the conspiracy theory and all that. Sami Zayn probably the only person that could pull that off and actually make people laugh. Like, I was genuinely laughing at some of the spots in that match, man. It was like a combination of a wrestler selling for the for the opponent, but still telling the story. And you got Vince's jackass gimmicks: the slap, the black, the big black hand, a big ass mousetrap, Wee Man, Johnny Knoxville doing his uh, fireworks and all that. It was dope to see a table with mousetraps on it. It was dope to see, man. So I gotta salute Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville for that. They probably stole the show in a lot of people's eyes just because it was a great mystery of selling, hardcore, laughing. Like, it kept you in tune. And being that it was one of the matches where everybody was, like, scratching their head about, it was definitely the surprise of the weekend. So, I got to salute Sami Zayn, Johnny Knoxville, Sasha Banks, and Naomi Tag Team Champions, Women's Tag Team Champions. So, like I said, the women empowerment is definitely in full effect. The black women empowerment is definitely in full effect in WWE right now. Uh, Pat McAfee, Austin Theory. That was great, but I think the best part came when Vince McMahon came at the end. And uh, I don't know if it was just me, but after seeing that, because Saturday, like I said, Saturday had great matches. Sunday up to this point in the night had great matches. But seeing Vince McMahon get in the ring, I felt like it was a meeting that was held, and he was just saying, yo, we got to show everyone what we can do. Like, of course, you know, they train professionals. They know how to do it, but he was like, yo, it feel like he gave that talk like, I want you to sell every move the way you can sell every move. Drop every drop kit need to be on point. The finishers, get the fans involved. Like I feel like it was a locker room meeting on y'all. Let's just, let's just go out and, and put on the best show for these fans and the people that's watching on TV because we getting a lot of doubt. Two nights, a lot of people, including myself, yo, two nights. Uh, I get it, the money, but in terms of product, it may be too much. You know what I'm saying? But... They provided, and after seeing Vince McMahon get in the ring and all that last night with Pat McAfee, I feel like Vince was all in, and hopefully that's that's the things to come. That was my that's my biggest takeaway from the weekend. I hope this past weekend were, and I'm a wrestling fan, so I know they're gonna drop the ball a few times, but hopefully this is a sign of things to come. You know what I'm saying? Everybody all in from the house shows to Raw, SmackDown, NXT, everybody just be all in, man. You know what I'm saying? But Vince came in the ring with Pat McAfee. Stone Cold came out. 
Long story short, Vince McMahon took the worst stunner I've ever seen him take. He taking a lot of stunners very, very bad. But this one, he just, it was his horrible look. I'm like, dang, Vince, come on now. Uh, Pat McAfee, he sold very well on it. Austin Theory sold well. Stone Cold had a ball, man, this weekend. He was drinking his beer. They kept on getting camera shots of his beer for cross promotion. So, Stone Cold had a blast, man. And I was glad to see it. It was dope to see The Undertaker. Uh, he got in the Hall of Fame. Uh, he came out both nights. You know, WrestleMania, Undertaker go hand-to-hand. Legendary career. To start off Sunday night, Triple H came out. He officially announced his retirement a couple weeks ago with Stephen A. Smith. And to start Sunday night off, he came in the ring, did his entrance, and uh, he welcomed everyone to WrestleMania. Then he left his boots in the ring, you know what I'm saying? He officially retired. So, Attitude Era is for sure. It's been gone for a long time, but in terms of superstars and wrestlers that were involved in the Attitude Era, it was like a last a last hoorah. They've had several last hoorahs for the Attitude Era too, by the way, in the past decade or so but i think this past weekend was definitely the last hoorah when you got the undertaker hall of fame coming out both nights stone cold coming out both nights vince man triple h comes sunday yeah it's the official you know what i'm saying end of the end of the era so uh salute to the attitude era man that would raise me aj styles edge man i love edge new persona i love his new entrance aj styles Put on a great great match as well. I think they jumped the gun though too quick. The writers did. Uh, it was too much. It was too great of a match to have Damian Priest, the whole Edge faction that got leaked. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, it's supposed to be an Edge. It's supposed to create a faction tonight on Raw. So we saw that already, but I didn't think they'll jump the gun this quick. Because everybody know the Raw after WrestleMania is always great. So you could have just waited. You know what I'm saying? Damian Priest, it does make sense, but that match was too good for it to end like that, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? But it was a great match all around, and hopefully AJ Styles somehow, someway gets back in the title scene soon, just not the tag team titles. And uh, we'll see what Edge's faction. I heard rumors of Randy Orton, but Randy Orton and Matt Riddle retained the belts last night, so they may slow build that one. And, of course, the main event, winner takes all, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, Match could have went either way. Roman Reigns picked up the victory. There was a point where he his shoulder, he was saying in the match, his shoulder, his pictures going around this morning of how his shoulder looked. Like I said earlier, they're saying more news should come out about it. He popped it back into place last night. Uh, I doubt he's wrestling tonight, this week. You know what I'm saying? Roman, he, he, rarely, uh, he rarely wrestles on programming, for real, for real, unless you just catch him on a good Friday. But... Uh, I think everything should be all right. If it was something, if it was something, we'll see more than just pictures. It would be like official. Uh, Dave's one of the wrestling writers would have posted something by now if it was something serious, serious. But all in all, man, WrestleMania thirty-eight. Excuse me, WrestleMania thirty-eight, Dallas, Texas, did not disappoint. I enjoyed it. Saturday. If I could say excitement-wise, Sunday probably took the cake. Saturday just had a lot to prove, being the first night and seeing that card. And Saturday had a lot to prove, so we was probably watching it differently. But by the time Sunday came, everybody was locked in. It felt like, you know what I'm saying, big match atmosphere for every match. But moving forward, 
I still stand. You know, two nights, eight to twelve, both nights. Come on, man. You know what I'm saying? I can't be fully. You know what I'm saying? I can't be fully in with that Saturday and Sunday from eight to twelve. Feel like we can cut it down at least seven to seven to eleven one night. Sunday night could be seven to eleven. Saturday could be eight to twelve, something like that. But that's the only thing, you know. what I'm saying the amount of matches for both nights and the, the packages and all that. But all in all, man, great weekend for wrestling. Great weekend for the WWE. They showed improve, man. They showed improve. Thank y'all for tuning in. This has been episode 162 of Stash House Podcast. Make sure you guys go out. Have a great work week, a great school week. Stay safe. Catch y'all here same time next week, man. Keep me in your prayers. I'll do the same for y'all, man.